Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Well, I hope everyone has been busy practicing your C fingering patterns for the standard sounds, major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished, and the altered C sounds, sharp 11, flat 13, flat 9, flat 13, and fully altered, right? Flat 9, sharp 9, flat 5, sharp 5. And of course, last week's adventure with Charlie Parker's Blues for Alice. Let's not forget that. No doubt. A ton to tackle, a ton to practice. So that is precisely why we are taking a little breather today to enjoy a recent interview that I did with Canadian jazz pianist and educator Peter Friesen. Peter has been an active member of Jazz Piano Skills for, I think, a little over a year now and has had a musical journey like none other. So I want you to sit back. I want you to relax. Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills, Mr. Peter Friesen. Peter hey. Friesen. <laughs> hey. I can't believe it. You know, uh, like I, I just said to you before we uh, went live here, uh, I've been threatening to have you on Jazz Piano Skills for a long time, and I'm, I'm finally happy to make do on my threat. And here, here, we, here we are, man. Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. Glad to be well, here. Wow. Okay. So uh, real quick, before we get into your background, before we get into your story, uh, you've been, you've been an active participant at, in jazz piano skills now for over a year, right? I mean, that's how we met through jazz piano skills. Almost a year. Yeah. Almost a year now. And, uh, it's been, it's been a joy to get to know you through jazz piano skills and the master classes and then our correspondence back and forth, uh, through email. Of course, you, you have a, you know, an eagle eye cause you catch all my mistakes that I, I have in my materials. And so I, I appreciate, I hope you that. appreciate it. <laughs> I do. Oh man, I do. Right. Because I'm churning that out. I'm cranking stuff out and I get going really quickly. And, and it's great to have folks like you that find, Find the little typos, the little glitches, the little mistakes, and let me know about it. Uh, and I'm, I know all the other Jazz Piano Skills members appreciate it as well. So anyway, so you know what's fascinating about you? You are a jazz pianist. You are a jazz educator and have been for many, many years. Uh, and, of course, like all jazz educators, we consider ourselves jazz students. I mean, we're, we're students of this incredible art form. This really so, don't end. That's exactly right. That's right. So, so what I want to do is I want to I want to turn the microphone over to you. I want you to go back to the beginning, fill us in on your childhood, how you got into music, your parents, siblings, all that kind of stuff. So, Peter, my friend, the microphone is yours. Tell us your story. So, I grew up in a little village, maybe twelve hundred people. Wow! It was a Mennonite community. Uh -huh. My parents were refugees. Um, they came. They came over. My dad came over late fifties. Okay. Because his sister lived here. He was a displaced person in World War II. Wow. And this he is Canada. A, Canada, right? We're in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Fantastic. So, um, in that little village, I never left home. Okay. We didn't have a car. My dad was seventy years old when I was born. We didn't play ball. Uh, <laughs> We didn't have a television until <laughs> I was 13 years old, so lucky we lived you. on Dysfunction Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, lucky you, man. I, so, I, I, in many ways, that's a blessing. Well, it's part of the journey, and it's part of the story, and it's really right. shaped who I am and why I'm here and doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So my dad was a violin maker by trade, wow. So, but it's not like he was in a little village and in the middle of no place. It wasn't like there was 5,000 people at the door every day, but there right. were people coming by to have their instruments repaired or purchase right. instruments from him. And one day when I was about six, he traded a violin for a piano. And that's the beginning of my piano journey there. Wow. So anyway, uh, I just took lessons. We had teenager neighbors came to buy. We okay. didn't have much money, so I ended up mowing when my did a couple of teachers later i ended up mowing the teacher's lawn 
Wow. And it was never good enough to just go one way. You had to do it the other way, too, so that the lines <laughs> would match. <laughs> so double duty. <laughs> hey, that's, hey Rip, that's some good jazz training for you right there, man. Perfection, yeah. making yeah. sure there's symmetry there. That's awesome. That, well, it's about being meticulous, I guess. That's right. Well, that's, you know, that's, part of the, that's part of it, right? Sure. So I played away and I did my thing, but it wasn't like. So you cut the, you cut the grass. That's, what, that was your, that's how you paid your teacher. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Her husband was a violinist that had like, and that whole family played violin. They were well known in outside the community too. Um, so they had all of my dad's violins, and they used to come to our house and play and play, and it, it just rattled my bones when you can when you're six years old and somebody comes in and rips it on the violin and the piano together. It was like that was like something shocking. Right, it really right. rattles your system, right? And you go like. Yeah. Eyes open. Wow. Yeah. Right. Did your mom play? Your, my mom was your mommy. My mom sang a lot, and I. Okay. She was not well either. When I was two, she had brain cancer, so she had an operation and lost her short-term memory. And wow. Was not, it was a, it was a little bit right. not a great time for everybody. So. Right. But she sang a lot of Mozart, and okay. I went to Germany maybe five years ago, and I met up with her extended family, and they're all musicians. They teach music in the public school which is like very classical right kind of right. kind of ed, ed, pedagogy is all just classical history and you know right i saw right. some of the tests for grade six and it's like name an oratory blah blah and all that kind of <laughs> questions it's like heavy duty stuff <laughs> yeah but are, i don't have to take that test so in munich there are 32 <laughs> people in an orchestra and they're all related they're all cousins of my mom oh that's and they play viennese a, cafe music wow so you come from you come from a long line of musicians. I mean, it's running through your veins, right? I yeah. mean, mm -hmm. wow. So okay. So wait a minute. So all right. So there you are. You're in this small community. You finally got your hands on a keyboard. You're cutting grass to pay for lessons. I'm assuming these are traditional kind of classical piano lessons at this time, yeah. right? Your traditional Lila Fletcher, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> that book right. is still around. <laughs> yeah, right. So, okay, so somewhere then, did the jazz journey begin in your childhood, or did that did that come much later? Uh, when I was in the seventh grade, so twelve years old, it was a, I saw a picture of Rick Wakeman, and I don't know if you recognize that picture where he had a big cape and long flowing hair and oh, yeah. just like Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> And he's going, he's going, oh, like this, like bathing in the glory. And I thought, wow, I want some of that. <laughs> That's funny. So, oh my gosh. So there's a mentor. There you go. The funny thing about that is it came around on YouTube. There's a Rick Wakeman oh. plays a solo and these days. And somebody goes, somebody commented, hey, look, it's Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can honestly say, Pierre, I did not see this coming. This is this is a shock. So okay, this, so this is how you got in the jazz, right? Yeah. So I had friends, and they one played drums, one played guitar, and we got going, and we'd play A minor for three hours, and and jam, jam, jam. Thought, okay, this wait. Is cool. and, and so these guys are all part of the same community, your community, right? Sure. So so within that small community, you 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 were able to hook up with a drummer, another kid playing drums. Wow, that's fantastic. It was all rock, and well, it's A minor, yeah. chunk chunk. But hey, we're, yeah, we're rocking, and of hey, course, I know A minor yeah. now. Yeah, so well, that's that's, that's how it starts. So yeah. then there were some guys that moved to town, and they used to be in a band out of town, and so they just invited me and my pal to come and play. So by fourteen, I was playing the local pubs. I don't know how that's I right. got it. <laughs> There's a lot of things I don't know how what happened. <laughs> Right. That's funny, man. So, all right. So, I mean, here you are, 14 years old. You're starting to branch out. You're, you're, you know, you got your classical, traditional piano lessons that you've been taking. Now you're starting to branch out and play some rock, classic yep. rock, maybe some jazz. Um, so who were the, who were the early jazz influence? When was it that you actually said, wait a minute, man, I really have to dive into this jazz. This jazz stuff is captivating. I really need to, I really need to focus on this. Well, I started playing pubs regular. So okay. till I was like 
we had a house gig. So every weekend we play this place. And you notice when you come in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, hey, there's a guy staring a hole at the bottom of his beer. At 2 o'clock at night when you went out, he was wow. still there staring a hole in his beer. <laughs> oh and and when people get drunk and they get rowdy and obnoxious, yeah. Yeah. at 17 it scares the crap out of you. Right, <laughs> right. I decided yeah. there and then, enough. I can't be here. Well, I mean, the dream was I was going to be a musician, but not right. that kind of musician. Right. 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 And, and that, that's no life. And it's still not. <laughs> I still, right. like, you know, I can go to the jam at the local pub. They're still playing those songs. They're right. still, after 50 years of hard living, they don't look yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. Is that dude I, still I there staring at the bottom? Is that same dude still there staring at the bottom of his beard? His brother's there. <laughs> <laughs> okay so all right so, I, so then so what did you do how did you make how did you make that how did you make that transition well when i was in high school i started like this you know i heard oscar peterson of course, this is cool man. and i i mean yeah. i didn't know what that was i was a rock star right yeah right so but i like wow that's pretty fantastic and by that time my parents had passed away so i was on my own 17 years old living with my 16 year old sister don't know how that happened no adult in sight but wow. i used to hitchhike after high school and i had a job after school doing some work so i had some pocket money so i'd hitchhike to vancouver oscar wow. peterson ella fitzgerald joe pass they used to tour together yes right I, and i saw them on a regular basis they come around once a year or so Holy um Lord. george benson on the breezen tour yep and then he had a keyboard player, and I think it's Ronnie Foster. And there's an ARP solo in some of that stuff. And it's just right. like that, just, uh, right there. That's just right. amazing. So right. I want some right. of that. And so I decided it's time to go to music school. So I got on a bus, and I traveled 400 miles into the wilderness, and there was a jazz school there. And got off the bus. I had 20 bucks in my pocket. And no parents. So I quickly... Signed up for a student loan. Anyway, I was there a couple of years. The problem What's, was... So what, was the, what was the name of the school? It was called David Thompson University Center. Wow. And it was... It was all jazz. There were two programs going. There was a classical program and a okay. two-year jazz okay. program. Okay. So, but the problem was there was not a jazz teacher there for piano. It was all classical. But then, and so I buckled down and I had very poor technique. So I had to relearn everything. It was mm -hmm. like... Don't play any of your old songs. We're starting fresh here. We're going to do it right. So right. a lot of discipline to do that. So wait a minute. You're at a jazz school, no jazz piano teacher. So you're, t you're at a jazz school taking what, classical piano lessons? Yeah, working on just working on the techni uh, technique side of stuff, right? Yep. So I had yep. to fix that situation. So what I ended up doing was I used to get on an all-night bus, 12 hours to Vancouver, take a one-hour piano lesson with a jazz teacher, and get back on the bus, 12 hours back home. So wow. two days to get back and forth. That was an 800-mile journey. Yeah, okay. I, I just want, before you go on any further, I just need to stop you. I, may, I need to make a couple comments here. First of all, it's really, really apparent how much you love music and how much you love jazz. Because for you to be confronted with the hurdles that you've already been confronted with and you're only 17 years of age, 17 years of age, and you're piecing together these this way for you to have a music education and, and then go even an extra mile with these bus journeys in order to get 12-hour journeys, in order to get a jazz piano lesson, my friend, I have to just, I, yeah, I don't even need to hear the rest of your story, to be quite honest with you. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. Peter, I, I must commend you, man. It's, it's you, your love for music runs deep and very deep because I don't know, quite honestly, I'm, I'm not sure I know a whole lot of, I don't know a whole lot of folks with that kind of perseverance and that kind of determination to do that. So congratulations, man. I think it's, it's fantastic. It's unbelievable. So and part of it is because I lost my parents early and nobody right. was there to help. Right. And you, you kind of wonder where, you know, usually there's a social system in Canada, but it didn't come to my house. Right. You learn, right. like, it's not a sad story. You learn to pick up your boots and let's get going. Good for you, brother. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's tremendous. If I need to fix the problem, hey, 
it's it's about pursuit of beauty. Yeah. That's what this yep. whole journey is. If you want to boil it into a pot, this is about pursuit of beauty. And yeah. in hardship, yeah, you learn to appreciate the beautiful part. Yeah. Yeah. So, so make that wow, this is a, so this twelve hour bus trip, this is a private this is a private jazz pianist that you're that you hooked up with? Yeah. He was recommended teaching by private lessons. Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay. Wow. So, so, his okay, whole so Cool yeah, tell, tell us about his your experience with him. How, how, what, what, what was the approach? What, what, what did you guys work on? That guy was stride. So left-hand pattern, out. root 510, Yep. five chord, root chord, five chord. That was the left-hand pattern. Every song. Yeah. Yeah. Right hand, octaves, two-note fill. Every song. You harmonize every eighth note on the beat. Yeah. The offbeat goes yeah. in octaves. Right. And so, but that was like two years of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, then yeah, that's not and that's not very that's not uncommon, right? I mean, at that time, you know, I had a piano teacher who was very much, you know, solo piano playing equaled stride piano playing. They they yep. were like they were synonymous terms, even though that's not the we know that not to be the case, right? But that's that's very common. So okay, so now you you've been but working it does, on your it does it does learn you your chords? You sure when does. you do an octave and fill, right? It's like hey. Well, hey, and honestly, they, I, I'm not sure I know of anything harder than stride piano. Yeah, it's hard, it's right? Hard. So, okay, so, so how long were you? How long were you with this gentleman? Two years. Two years. They closed, and then they closed the university, just out of the blue. <laughs> hey, we're we're closing you down. It was sort of a political thing because the town had never voted for the ruling government, and they were always very, very. <laughs> So it was time to get out there and hammer it hard. Right. Oh so, God. you know, I was just, I needed two more credits to finish my two-year diploma. And, and hey, they closed? What? They closed <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, Peter, man, your story, that's unbelievable. I can't, I can't take it, man. You're, you're that like, close. You're two hours away from a degree and they closed the university. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to go. I ended up staying in town for another two years and teaching, okay, which was glorious. And I also That's... played in a country and western band with a bunch of young men who drank too much. Yeah. Okay. So wait a minute. Did you transfer your? Could you transfer your credit hours someplace else and finish up your degree, or did you just say, ah, the heck with? It. I'm going to start my professional. I'm going to start my professional journey now. Well, I was able to transfer my students, my credits to another university in Vancouver. For, right. It was also a two-year program. So for the two years minus the two credits that I needed, I had to start at year two. So I got a in one year I could spend there, and yeah, <clears throat> wow, clean okay. that up. All right, so that's good, man. So okay, you started teaching at this time. Yeah, nineteen. I I think yeah, it was nineteen. Wow, nineteen. I taught in the basement of a music store. Wow, fantastic. Well, hey, you know what they say, right? No better way to learn something than start teaching it, right? Yeah, learning in the trenches. Yeah, that's right. So, okay, so here you go. Now you start, you're 19 years of age. You've had, you've had classical training. You've had now some uh, solid jazz uh, instruction. You're 19 years of age. So what got you? It was, did you start teaching more, more from a, a survival perspective or a love that you you felt you were being drawn to teach because uh, a lot of times in our profession people start teaching because they want they they need some money so what what was your what what was your catalyst there what what prompted you to start teaching at 19 i needed some money that's one <laughs> part of it <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> of course i was playing in that cowboy band we, we were doing okay i was 21 at this time but anyway okay. so i was in a cowboy band we played every weekend and we, situ- we were situated perfectly one hour away there was another town with a bunch of bars and so it was one hour and about five different towns you could hit in one hour so yeah we were yeah. working steady and, and that was cool yeah but you yeah. know more bar music and same thing i mean these yeah. guys really drank hard, man. The singer couldn't <laughs> sing until he had six beers. And I was like, <laughs> right. I would drive home. I think I played. And he'd with take that it guy. from there and he wouldn't know. He'd phone me the next day and say, How'd I get home? I said, 
you drove. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so happy he didn't hurt anybody, but honestly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, okay, so now you're teaching, you're gigging. This all sounds real familiar, right? Many listeners, many folks in the music profession, this is this is kind of a normal path here right now, right? We're teaching, we're gigging, we're making ends meet. Yep. But I love teaching. I found out I love teaching, and I also, I know how to get along with kids. They were, everybody was like 10. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, okay, so... So you started teaching at 21, 19, 21 years of age, right in there, and you've been teaching ever since. Mm-hmm. Thirty-five. Wow, years. wow. So I'm let's sold. talk about let's talk about your teaching, man. So you you got a private studio there in Canada where you're living. I do. Yeah, I have about okay. thirty-five, forty students. I don't know. Yeah, are they are, are you teaching traditional classical literature? Are you teaching jazz? Combination of the two. What's, Combination. What's, yeah. There's a large Asian population where I live. Actually, okay. I think they are the majority where I live. And okay. a lot of them would like to do the classical thing. And oh, of course. That. Right, That's kind of right. easy. And then you open the book and you say, you know. Yeah. yeah. Here's a Bach two-part invention. Let's play it. Right. That, yeah. yeah, I got it. Most of them so, are little, like between 6 and 12. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about your your jazz journey. You know, you started with stride piano. Where did it go from there? What what kind of things were you? What kind of things were you searching for? Where, what who are you, who were your influences? You mentioned Oscar Peterson. What what jazz pianist? What jazz musicians were you listening to that were influencing you? What did you do to try to uh, navigate toward that sound? Your the your your idols, the folks that you were being influenced by. How, Talk to us about that a little bit. So Bill Evans was on the list for sure. Right, sure. Then there was a whole period of Dave McKenna was the man, and listen to that oh left hand. Golly. Oh. Right? Unbelievable. Yeah. And I, like, classical was still part of it. I love Bach. He's the right. pinnacle of everything to me. Yeah, right. So are and you still playing a lot of classical literature? You still, do you keep up with that, or you just focus, yeah, jazz, yeah, nope. okay. I play the okay. pieces my students are learning, and that's about it. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're influenced by Bill Evans. You got Dave McKenna. These are two great. Obviously, Oscar Peterson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So after the stride piano, then what? What did you? What did you start diving into educationally that in practicing that you were doing to help shape you as a jazz pianist? What? What types well, of skills I, were you working on? When I went to finish off this the last year of my college, I, it ended up the the guy I was studying with was the college teacher. Okay. So after a steady diet of four note right hand stride stride stride, I'd say, "Hey, can yeah. we learn something like this?" And he just say, "You're not ready." And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, maybe I just don't fit your paradigm because you've got this little, you got your method, and and honestly, everybody went through the same things, and the songs came in the same order. It was like, oh boom. wow, oh yeah. wow, yeah. So right. I got a little fed up, and I there was another guy in town. There was a big club here called the Cave, okay. and. It was Hollywood North in the early 60s. A rat pack would come up here. So wow. I studied with a guy named Ted Collins. He was a well-known teacher around town. He was the house piano player for the cave. So he and he would tell me stories about, you know, Frank Sinatra and these guys came to town. The rehearsal was buy the guy a turkey sandwich so he can stand up for the show because they were drinking heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... And then I'd say, I want to learn jazz. And he'd say, what do you want to, you're never going to work. Why do you want to play that crap? You're never going to work. Yeah. So I had, I learned a whole bunch of stuff, like two beat, yeah. World War One song, everything, uh-huh. ballads. Right. And, and he listened to me play from the stuff I was learning with the other guy. And he goes, what's that crap? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. So it opened yeah. it up a bit. So yeah, I got yeah, what yeah. I needed. Like, it was cool. Yeah. And it would be, his lessons were, it was 45 minutes. You play for 35 minutes, he'd be in the other room, and you could hear clink, 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 because he was pouring himself a whiskey. Oh, but wow. he'd come out after 35 minutes and say, you played this song, you didn't do this, you didn't do you could have done this, you could have done that. And that's when I slammed my tape recorder on, and I'd go home and i just go over that last 10 minutes of getting yeah. blasted. Wow. I learned. Wow. So what part of Canada is this? Where, where, where in where Vancouver. Oh, okay, Vancouver. Okay, wow. Okay, so 
So very interesting, right? So it, you know, it's it's one of the things. It's it's hard, it's hard to find jazz teachers, right? There's a lot of jazz musicians, yeah. but it, it's it's hard to find jazz teachers, uh, somebody who can really accurately assess where you are, what you need, and then how to communicate to you the various skills and approaches that you need to incorporate into your practicing in order to move toward accomplishing your goals. Would, would you not, I mean, in your journey, did you not find that? I, I, I always found it difficult. I found great jazz players, but I always had, I always had difficulty finding great jazz teachers. Well, Talk to me about that. Would you concur with that? I think we might have shared the same beginning, like you were on the John Megan book, I, yes, I, had, I, that, I got that out of the, the, the yeah. library, but I also I ended up with the Berkeley book. That's where I started. And uh-huh. two five ones were like the world's biggest revelation to me. So I six days a week, six hours a day, two five ones. Going to learn this. Yeah. So yeah. I did. And yeah. it took a while. And I don't know if yeah. I'm a slow learner, but tell me yeah. I can't and I'll do it. Yeah, right. So anyway, and then as far as jazz teachers, like... Honestly, the the dudes I have studied with, heavy dudes, like they've written right. the Oscar Peter transcription books. Right. Studied with one guy studied with Oscar. Right. Um, another guy. He was very. I I, they, they, I studied with a lot of old men, thinking these guys know what they're talking about, and they've been around the block, right? Right. Right. There's that. That's kind of a two-edged sword because for a lot of those guys, it seemed like. Miles Davis came along and started, and piano players started using chordals, and that's where music got wrecked. Yeah, so right. It was definitely dated to, we're doing right. traditional voicings and none right. of the five note stuff. Right, right. And the other thing was like it wasn't like here's here's the pedagogy we're gonna do this this and this. It was uh, learning songs. Yeah. And whatever yeah. happened during the song is what we're gonna do. And it's like. Yeah. And so like. That was all cool, but you know, it's, it wasn't. Never was the teaching was never their focus. It was like yeah. I am a gigging musician, but I can't make it meet, so I'm going to teach. Yeah, you know, I I tend to think I'm going to go out on a limb here, and uh, and I'll make this statement. I've I've kind of I think I've made this statement before. I always tend to think for students looking for jazz teachers, if the first thing they do is pull out a song, you should run the other direction and find another teacher, because <clears throat> because quite honestly. I know we all want to play songs, which is really, I mean, that's the whole point, right? But a, a song was never designed to teach you how to play. A, a song was never written to teach you how to play, right? Yeah. So, you know, George Gershwin never wrote a standard and said, you know what I really love about this standard? It's going to help so many students learn how to play. I mean, that's not the point of the composition. And, and so oftentimes, inexperienced jazz educators will just turn to tunes. Well, let's play this tune. Let's play that tune. Let's work on this tune. Uh, and I get that. But at the same time, uh, I, I'm as a jazz educator, I'm more concerned about teaching you how to play the piano. And if you learn how to play the piano, uh, you're going to learn how to play. At, uh, you're going to be able to play thousands of tunes. Right. Uh, yep. So uh, just for listeners out there, I would just say to you that, you know, if, if you're trying to hook up with a teacher and the first thing they do is put a song in front of you, that's a red. That's a serious in my book. That's a serious red flag. That's a serious yeah. red flag. There's definitely so, going to be holes in, in the pedagogy if that's how you're going to learn. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, yeah, because sooner or later you have to confront things. You already mentioned 251. Sooner or later you got to confront voicings. Sooner or later you got to con- confront being able to practice scales in the right way, right? Not just straight up and down, but scale, ty- scale patterns, ar- arpeggios, ascending, descending motion. Sooner or later, right, you have to, if you're serious about playing, you have to hit the pause button on tunes. You have to do a, a big time out and say, man, I got to work. I got to work on some skill sets here that are going to allow me to play thousands of tunes and not just focus on trying to play one tune, thinking that somehow magically that tune is going to teach me how to play. Right. Sure. So what I would do, like speaking of two five ones, teach the two five one, then drag out satin doll. You got five keys to work on in that one song. So it's like teach the exercise, present something that is using that technique. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So, okay, so, you know, you've, you've, you've hooked up with a lot of older teachers. Uh, how did you, how did you start getting, how did you start getting acquainted with some more contemporary styles of playing jazz piano and voicings and, you know, contemporary chordal type shapes and moving away from your traditional shell voicings and, and stride piano. Uh, what, what happened? How did, how did that, how did that enter into your jazz education? It took a long time. So maybe yeah. 10 years ago, I hooked up with this teacher mm-hmm. and we started doing melodic minor theory and chording. Mm-hmm. That was big eye yeah, right. for me. Right. And I love the sounds of those. Right. That those chords create. Yeah, right. All the, the, altered, the altered sounds coming from those the melodic minor, harmonic minor scales. Yeah. Yeah. But even there, like, never did, like, five-note chordal comping. Yeah. It, play, it was always solo piano bass. So, yeah, yeah. And they didn't you use chordals now and then, but nothing like comp the whole yeah. verse and chorus in five yeah, yeah. chords. So yeah. I had one teacher present the drop four two, two four. Mm-hmm. That's in a one hour lesson, all keys and every kind of chord. And it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> See you in five years. That was eye opening. So that's what right. I was doing in the last ten years. His that approach is different than your primary secondary. So I'm doing both approaches and see which one yeah. is gonna work for yeah. my head. Well, you know, you you bring up a great point, right? There are different ways, you know, when you start getting into the study of harmony, which by the way, that's where personally I think it begins, right? Uh, melody flows from a harmonic understanding. I used to have old jazzers tell me all the time, they used to ask me. They used to say, Bob, do you re- are you serious about really wanting to improvise? Are you serious about wanting to really improve your melodic playing and, and be able to play great melodic ideas and improvise? Are you serious about doing that? I go, yes, of course I am. And, and these old guys would say, well, then you need to study harmony. And when I was a young kid, I used to always think like, well, what, what the heck? Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense because uh, you, we were just talking about melody. And now you got it. Now you're telling me to go study harmony. I, I, I'm not understanding. Well, now I do, right? Because through a strong understanding of harmonic structures and voicings and, and uh, left-handed voicings, two-handed voicings, these shapes, these are what the stronger uh, foundation you have harmonically, melody flows from that understanding of harmony. And, uh, and so, and that's kind of where, that's kind of where, uh, I think a lot of jazz students run into a brick wall because the study of voicings, I think, is one of the uh, uh, most confusing topics that's out there, all kinds of information on voicings. And and it can get like I always say, it can get like fishing, fishing line. It can get tangled up real, real quickly about how to voice and how to practice voicings. You know, and, and that's the other thing. Right. It's one thing to show somebody a voicing a voicing type, but it's another thing to show somebody how do you how do you practice that? How do you practice those shapes so that they become an instinctual oral and muscle memory that 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 you develop that will then be the catalyst that will fuel melodic invention. Uh, so it's one thing to show you a voicing. It's another thing to show you how do you practice it to get it under your hands, uh, in your fingers, uh, and so. Uh, I think it's great that you're studying multiple voicing types uh, because through that you start you you then start to formulate how you're going to approach the piano harmonically and then that mm. will govern how your melodic development takes place. Would you would you agree with that as, as sure. an educator and as a student yourself? Well, the way it's like the rules that are being applied here for primary voicings I mean, yes. you can put that in a shoebox, and it's like this big, and it's like got boundaries, right? Right. The other kind, I had a teacher, none of that. He'd say, oh, I don't follow patterns. And then right. his his approach was, okay, you're on this chord. This scale goes with it. You can play one note, two notes, three, or clunk all eight notes that are in that scale. Doesn't matter to him. And it was, okay, maybe. But then, yeah. I, I mean, he'd be playing and I'd say, well, I mean, I'd look at it and I'd be like, hey, those are just stock voicing, man. 
Yeah. I mean, he had one he likes seconds and a fourth. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was. Yeah. I only play by shape. Maybe. Yeah. See, and that's the kind of stuff as educators, right? We're trying to avoid with our students. You know, like I mean, I get, I get. You know, it's kind of like I heard a teacher one time. A, a student asked this. Uh, a student asked this individual. Uh, hey, you know, when you're playing that C dominant seven, what notes, what notes are you thinking? Right? Are there particular notes that you're thinking when you play that C seven, improvise over that C seven? And the teacher said to him, "Well, there's twelve. Pick one." Yeah, I okay, heard that well, in one of your podcasts, and it, yeah. it just went like this. Hey, I was the guy asking that question. Yeah, and right. when that answer comes to you, it destroys you, man. It, it does destroy you because that's just like. You know, as an educator, I go, I, I, I went like, okay, I get it, right? I get what you're saying, but dude, that is like really bad instruction. That's just really bad guidance to tell it's, anybody. It's harmful, got, man. And like, yeah, the teaching is. gig is you got to get that kid to believe they can do it. Yeah, that's you right. toss one of those comments out, and you just killed it, yeah. man. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's very common in our profession. I hate to say it. I mean, I hear yeah, stuff I like that. I hear that. I hear stuff like that come out of teachers mouths all the time and it's and it's very it's very frustrating it's very like you said it's very uh deflating it's very very deflating to a student right this is about making people believe they can do the undoable right a bit right i mean it is doable but you got to do the right steps but if you want to kill it tell a kid something negative yeah right you know so with voicings you know if you say hey you know you can clump down i don't play patterns i play this or play that i play what comes to my mind i play what i feel okay that that uh to a student i mean come on really whatever you know get in your car go leave and never come back is what i would say to the student well i I keep going hey that was my 75 bucks you just ate right there and you know what it wasn't (laughs) worth it not one bit (laughs) right right so you know you've heard me say this before as a jazz educator you know as a jazz educator my job really my first and primary job is to make jazz because we're talking about to make jazz easy to make jazz simple here conceptually because if, if, if you start to think about it correctly here and understand it in an easy format here, then you have a shot here in the hands. You have a shot. You really have a shot to develop. But if, if I, as an educator, make it complicated here, confusing here, abstract here, you know, conceptually, then I hate to break the news to you, you have no shot here in the hands. You have zero. Because all you're doing is you. grasping, grasp, grasping at straws. You're throwing darts at a, a board, hoping to hit something once in a while. Uh, and so, unfortunately, that that happens far too often in our profession. So, um, you know, I again, your journey, right? Here you are in your journey. You're trying to you're trying to find answers. You're out there like like all of us as students. You're out there searching and you know taking 12 hour bus trips and 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 trying to get your hands on something to allow you to kind of start to formulate an approach, to formulate a way of thinking about jazz, making jazz simple and easy here so that you can really start to flourish and take off here in your hands. So, you know, I commend you. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. So, so, to, so to aid that, I could, maybe 10 years ago, I started writing some books. So I self-published a couple of books. And fantastic. in the process... Like what I notice, if you're trying to teach a kid lead sheet, and I do lots of like simple patterning in the left hand right. before you do jazz, let's just do triads. So even talking the lingo, root five, ten, nine, all those numbers, and getting them thinking like that. So I did took a long time. It took me about two years to finally get, figure out how to write that and fit it. Because the other thing is the pro, I I just superimpose a rhythmic pattern. So root five, ten, even just quarter notes, and you, you, you tell the kid you show them the pattern they could never line it up with the melody right. so i invented a little thing where you take a drum a single line staff drum staff and i put all the timing underneath it but it wouldn't name the note it would be root 510 so you're forced to think function yeah and that works like a hot dog i mean i got yeah, a 10 year old thing root 510 like, wow <laughs> <laughs> well hey man lucky 10 year old Lucky 10-year-olds, man, because if you, it, the sooner that you can begin, a student can begin thinking in terms of, you know, function, what's the third, what's the seventh, what's the ninth, what's the thirteenth, the, the sooner that, 
a student can think of the architectural structure of harmony and how it's put together, the better. The absolute sure. better. Right. And it, yeah. it flows. It's not like you have to wait 10 years to start that language. You can start Correct. right off the top. That's exactly right. That's exactly the simplest right. thing you could do is play the root of the chord for a whole beat and yeah. single note melody on top. But, yeah. if, you know, if I write yeah. it out. They're going to read yeah. it. And I don't know that like the reading thing. That's a yeah. that's a different thing. Right. And some kids are really good at reading. And the other thing doesn't make they wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. So yeah, you know, okay. that you bring up. a Yeah, you bring up an interesting point there. Right. Reading. I, I have a. A love-hate relationship with reading. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a functional reader. I'm not a great reader, but but I will say this in a way. I'm I'm thankful because especially in jazz, right? I, in fact, I mentioned this last evening in our master class, right? That we we tend to want to process music way way too much through our eyes. You know, way too much through our eyes, and there has to be an oral. I mean, the ears have to be put, the ears have to be put to work, right? I mean, they just can't, if everything's coming, if everything, if all our musical stimuli is being processed through our eyes, our ears go on vacation. Our ears go like, you know, well, whatever. Okay. Uh, And so, you know, this being able to think two, five, one and not read it and play it around the, and play it around the circle in different keys, be able to play in your scales, not read them, patterns, not read them, uh, voicings, not read them. Right. You're processing everything like I like I like to say music is the study of shapes and sounds. So the more that you can process shapes intellectually and sounds orally as a jazzer, I think that's the way to go. Right. Way too much emphasis is placed on if if everything's being processed through the eyes, you're kind of missing the boat, in in my opinion. I'm really fortunate because back when I was. 12 in a rock band it wasn't right. like you could go buy the sheet music you could right. go right. download the tab right. blah blah you, right. guess what i was here's the cassette see a thursday and you want to be in the band you better buckle down and figure it out yeah so yeah listen to, you're yeah, forced listen. you're forced in the it's in the ear yeah yeah, yeah. so i learned to hear a yeah. harmonic progressions and maybe there were three chords but yeah. i could also discern what's the piano player doing in that big blob of sound in man there. i gotta like, tell you I, I, peter i'm so happy that you used the word cassette uh, <laughs> yeah because now i feel like we're really connected right i mean uh we, yeah. we, we you know we're, we come from the same age group cassette man now you're talking my language that's how we learned everything yeah. you're right the, the guy would hand you a cassette and you'd go go learn those tunes and you'd go home and you put it in your little cassette player and you and and you play for those of you jazz listeners that are listening right now and you have no idea what a cassette is uh, means we're old yeah we're old <laughs> but you can go- you can google it and check it out it, it, it was pretty cool at the time you know it was cool but it you know i i do have permanent hearing damage from the rewind button right man oh those were the days man those were the days it so, goes uh, to something i want just wanted to mention yeah. after 35 years of teaching what I yeah. understand is the human brain is a, the laziest muscle and it's going to take the easiest route from A to B. So yeah. if you are going to learn a song by ear, but you go to YouTube and watch some guy here, put your finger here, put your finger here, right. that ain't hearing it. And you, if you force yourself into a corner where you've got yeah. no choice, your yeah. brain will come up and do what it needs to do. But a right. given it has an alternative, Correct. it's going that way. That's exactly right. Great point. Really, really great point. That's awesome. Well, you know, that's why, you know, that's why one of the things I do, like when I send out my uh, Saturday standards, you know, to everybody at Jazz Piano Skills, and I'm all, and, I, and I'm always just saying, learn melody by ear, please. Just learn the melody by ear. Don't be, don't be, use your brain, use your ears, figure it out. Don't be going to a, don't be going to a fake book or, you know, a, a, a real book and, and trying to, to figure out the melody, right? Do, do, do it by ear. And guess what? You're going to be really surprised because guess what's going to happen? You're actually going to learn it by ear. It, it will happen. I, I listened to Marion McPartland's show back in the day. And she was Marianne talking about everything she does. I don't know if she could read or, right? Because it sure don't stick in my head, right? right. If you read it, and I'm that's right. Guilty. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't stick. There's not a stickiness there, right? Not at all. Because right. hey, I have these gigs, and it's like a wedding, and the, the bride says fourteen of these lovely new songs for you. Well, I don't have time to memorize that, so I'll I'll learn it. As best I can. Yeah. It's on a sheet, but it's on the sheet and it's gone. Yeah. I have yeah. 
Yeah, don't, and you know what's you know what's really funny, Peter? Too the more you use your ears, right? At first, if you're wanting to read everything, it's because you're you're scared to letting your ears go to work. And then once you let your scare, once you let your ears go to work, and you start realizing that your ears are good and that you can actually play stuff by ear, then you no longer want to read. <laughs> you know, then it goes yeah. the other direction, right? So there's a cool tool online. Um, what's it called? Meludia. Okay. And it's an ear training website. It's a subscription. Okay. And they have like, well, for one thing, it starts low sounds, high sounds. They do density stuff for how oh, many nice. notes are we playing. And it's really well stepped. The other thing that really helped me was the Dick Grove School had, they have an ear training book. Their teacher, Mark Harrison, he writes a lot of stuff for Hal Leonard. But that the course from the Dick Grove School is there. And it's yeah. about hearing hearing resolution. So re do yeah. fa mi la so ti yeah, do. Yeah. And once you start hearing those, man, you don't your intervals don't really matter. You can it's not yeah, about right. intervals. It's about the melody, right? Right, right, right. So, um, okay, so so here you are, uh, a young man that happens to know about cassettes. What do you what do you what are you practicing now? What are the things that you're studying now at this stage of your journey? I listened to one of your podcasts. I bumped into it just putzing around on the internet. And I mean, it all went click. Wow. So I'm working on your stuff. And wow. I'm gone. There's four years of weekly podcasts, Bob. That's a lot of stuff. And it's not like, it's not like, hey, week one, it'll take you two hours to get through it. I'm sorry. You got six months and a couple hours a day. <laughs> So it's not like there's a shortage here. Right. And it's also, it's back to basics. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. now, the more you know, you can never know enough about any major scale on the list. Because right. the more you learn about it, the cleaner you get. Right. Right. And the more right. everything starts to make sense. Because this right. is, like, that's what, I'm one of the reasons I'm here. This is a cool little, it's like a formula going on. Mm. It's a logic system, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and that well, intrigues you. me greatly. Like, yeah. Well, you know, thank you for saying that. You know, it's it's interesting that uh, when I started doing jazz piano skills, you know, the very first thing that uh, criteria that I had was, uh, it's not. I never ever want to present anything as being like, uh, uh, you know, learn how to play in thirty days because it's not. You know, learn how. You know, uh, and. <clears throat> And each podcast is, you're right, it's packed full of information. But, you know, Peter, that's how we learn, right? We, uh, we, we want to be like, we want information coming at us. Uh, it, the most important thing, is it organized? Is it, is it structured? Is it, does it, does it, um, does, does it connect? Is there a nexus, a link between all the episodes? Is there a message that's being communicated and conveyed, a teaching approach, a learning approach? that is reinforced on a week-to-week -week basis. And at least that's what I try to do. So there's, a, there's a cons educational consistency there. And, I, and I, hope that's, I hope that comes through. I'm learning as a teacher. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at what you're doing. I'm looking at the package, how big it is, what you're asking people to do mm -hmm. in one lesson. Because I used to be on a different web. I used to be a member of a different site, a very popular oh. jazz site. Uh -huh. Well, the guy can play like a hot diggity dog, like it's godly. And right. then he goes through a tune, hey, learn this song with me. And he goes like, Brr, and he does that. And he's like, whoa, what the hell was that? And he's like, well, oh, or you could do this, or you could do this, or you could do this. Right. And I was like, okay, there's 15 years in that one minute. You're not teaching me nothing except I feel like crap. That's what. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, all this comes at me so fast. Like, you know, I don't even know where to begin. How do I say same yeah. with your voicing. You know, you keep saying, like, hey, there's books on voicings. Yeah, great. What am I going to do with that? Right. Too much information. I, that's why I'm on your website and why I'm a member here because, like, hey, at least it's manageable. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's fantastic, man. You were I talking really... about being stuck in the headlights like a deer in the headlights because it's too much information. You don't know where to go. That's right. me. Right, right. Well, you know, jazz is, uh, like I said earlier, you know, jazz can be very quickly become like fishing line, right? Tangled up very, very quickly. And, 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 and we start running, you know, we start running as students, as a jazz student. We, it's easy for us to start running in all kinds of directions, all, all different directions all over the place. Like and, me, and you get nothing done. Correct. 
That's right. We're very, very busy and we go nowhere, right? We're very busy and go nowhere. So, you know, that's what I keep trying to, with jazz piano skills, is keep kind of a, a path, a pathway that keep us, you know, the, the, you know, kind of like the, uh, you know, in the bowling alleys where they put the, put the guardrails up so the ball doesn't go in the gutter. You know, I think that's what good teaching does, right? It puts those guardrails up and, and prevents students from getting, getting off into the gutters and keep them on a path moving down the lane, right? Yeah. So, so good. Got to be in a box. Right, right. Parameters. Correct. That's right. And manageable. Right. Like, don't ask somebody to do 14 years of work in 15 minutes. Cause... <laughs> right. Sorry. I've been there so many times. And it's right. just like, well, I right. feel like crap. And I, well, right now right. I feel like I'm a turtle and I'm just banging yeah. away. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. How do you structure your practicing? You know, do you have a routine that you go through on a daily basis? Uh, is there a, a how, how do you approach your practicing that you have found to become a, a very efficient and effective way for you? I've been listening to your podcast. And I'd okay. lay right along with the podcast, wow. right along with you. Then okay. I go to the exercises and I go, okay, let's go. Wow. Run through that. Fantastic. See if I can handle them. Then some of the new ones that we've been doing this year with the C sounds and mm. some of the tempos are a little rapid. That right. fingering thing. Thank the Lord. <laughs> but yeah. but it's now, I, I told you when I went to college, I had to relearn, do everything yep. classical yeah. style. Well, yeah. now, guess what? I get to do it again. And I'm not sorry. Right. But it's I, different, I right? It. It's different. Yeah. And I got to get used to my thumb wants to go under all the time. All I the didn't, time. And I, and I really went ham on <laughs> on your arpeggio one because I thought, oh, cool, all new, new fingerings. And I kind of overdid it. So I got to relax a little because my arms <laughs> have serious tendonitis going on. Oh, right that's now. funny. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah. hey, give me something like that. And it's like, hey, you want to know why I'm such a keener? You want to take a bus ride? Come on, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> There's no bus ride here. Right. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. So, so, man, it's so awesome because here you are, you're, you're, you're just an inspiration, man, to everybody because here you are, life, lifelong musician, literally. I mean, from childhood to, to current day, lifelong musician, lifelong student of music. So you're continuing to study, you're continuing to practice, you're continuing to learn. And, and you're a jazz uh, educator, a piano educator, music educator, and doing that uh, uh, every day as well. I mean, holy, holy cow! I mean, congratulations, uh, Peter. Because uh, to me, that's a life well lived, my friend. That's awesome. Thank you, because it wasn't easy. <laughs> right. I was told at the beginning, you can't make a living making music. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. you're not thinking hard enough. That's what your problem is. It yeah. might be harder now. Yeah, I mean the gigs. Listen, man, I played in bands. The last two gigs, I worked three months. I got paid thirty-five dollars, and then the singer decided to quit and join her friends at work in a bit different band. Like thirty-five bucks. I'm hauling. Like it takes me two hours just to set up the gear. <laughs> and the other band, I got the guitar player played loud. The manager came out and yelled at us. I got twenty-five bucks at the end of the night, and I go like. Yeah, what's going on here? Really? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, it's harder now than it used to be. Yeah. Hey Peter, you, you know you know how you're getting old man as a musician? I get called for gigs and I have two questions I always ask when I get called for a gig. First question I ask is, is there a piano there? Because I'm not carrying any gear. So that's how I know I'm getting old because I don't want to carry any more I I don't want to set up, I don't want to tear down, I don't want to carry gear. And then the next question I ask is <clears throat> Is it over by ten o'clock? Hmm. You know, because I'm not I'm not staying out to play till two o'clock in the morning anymore, three o'clock. So I guess I I've realized now. My wife says, "Well, man, you're old because you're at you don't want to carry gear and you want to be home by ten o'clock." I said, "Yeah, I guess I'm getting old, man." But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did a gig. Well, I do a lot. I did weddings for twenty years, yeah, right. and it's usually cocktail hour after the ceremony right, before right. the dinner. And the thing, you go in a big fancy hotel, you wear a nice tuxedo. Nobody's listening. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and you exactly. play a song, pins yeah, right. could drop. And it's just like, 
Oh, Why am man. I doing this? Yeah, okay. Like, I'm finally getting a little bit smart here. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd rather oh, just my... stay home and eat popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, very cool. So, did you have? Do you have like a website or anything like that that folks can visit? Or no? Okay. No, I How... used to be on PianoWorld.com. Somebody read my book and got excited, and we had a col- wow. a column. But you know that got really difficult. Yeah. Hey, I'm on somebody else's website, so I got to be careful. And yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate that I was given the space there. Yeah, and other neat. people come in and, you know, I started getting these emails and it wasn't about my book. It was like, hey, can you figure this stuff out for me? And it's like, well, read my darn book and you might be able to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it can't say that either. No, and, no. And right. Like, so. hey, it got a little tight. And anyway, the end result was I, I was doing lots of teacher workshops and stuff. And, and that was enjoyable. But you know what? I never heard one teacher play me anything back. So ah. I didn't. Wow. So you never so, know what's really going on. Yeah. So, okay, so if, if any of the Jazz Piano Skills listeners want to get in touch with you or send you a message, what best way to do that is through email? Yep. Yeah. So what's your email address that they can reach you? pfriesen at telus, T-E-L-U-S dot net, N-E-T. All right. Fantastic. Peter, listen, man, it's been, I got to just be honest tell you that it has been a thrill to get to know you over this last year and i'm so grateful that uh, you're part of jazz piano skills i look forward to like i constantly look forward to our interaction i love your emails and and helping me out and and your input and insight at the master classes every week is fantastic as well it's just been a really a joy you know you've 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 heard me say this before my i had a teacher al franzen who always used to say to me don't at the at the end of every lesson. He, literally, he used to say to me at the end of every lesson, Bob. Don't ever forget the greatest thing about music is the people that you meet through it. And you know, every time I meet folks like you and spend time with folks like you, I I can't help but to think of my dear friend and teacher and mentor Al Franz, and who used to tell me that after every lesson, and and uh, how true it is. It's it's just been a joy and it's been a blessing to to meet you and to get to know you. And I look forward to our continued uh, friendship for many many yeah. years. Maybe it explains why I'm such a keener at those at those lessons online. It's like there's no bus ride. <laughs> there's no bus ride. <laughs> yeah, no more. Do buses, you know how but... lucky you are? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's sort of the thing. Like you know, I don't want to cry, but things were hard. Good. Yeah. You know yeah. what? The flip side of that is you learn to appreciate what's good, right? Well, you've done you've done fantastic, man. My hat my hat off to you. Uh, now that I know your story, uh, you know, I was impressed with you before, but now that I know your story, it's off the charts, man. Uh, I cannot uh, I cannot say enough good things, man. Congratulations to you, Peter. You, you, you're an inspiration to everybody, man. You are an inspiration to me. I'm so glad I'm oh. on, I found your website. And listen, you know, I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm the, like the little puppy dog. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good deal, man. Thursday night, man, 6 o'clock. Yeah. You talk you're... to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Peter, listen, man, on behalf of everybody at Jazz Piano Skills, man, thank you for taking time out of your out of your day to share your story with us. And, and folks, I can't, all you listeners out there, I, feel free to reach out to Peter. He's got a heart of gold and will, will help and assist in any way that he can and, and uh, answer any questions that you may have as well. So, Peter... Thank you again, my friend, and and I'll see you. I'll see you next Thursday on uh, at our at our master class. Yeah, it's in my dinner hour. I'm always eating. <laughs> it's, it's all right. My man. camera's off. I got something in my teeth. <laughs> I love that, man. Make yourself at home. So, all right, Peter. Thank you so much, man. Many blessings, and my friend. So bless you for all that you you have out there and you're presenting and your wisdom because it's really listen. I appreciate it. Oh man, really, I do. Me too. I've never been so happy in my life, to be quite honest. <laughs> well, Peter, thank you, man. It means, that means the world to me. It really does. Thank you, my I'm, friend. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Panel Skills podcast episode with special guest Peter Friesen to be insightful, entertaining, and, of course, beneficial. One of my mentors and teachers, Al Franzen, used to say to me after every lesson, never forget. The greatest thing about music is the people you meet through it. And the privilege of meeting and spending time with Peter simply confirms Al's sentiment 100%. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I will see you online Thursday evening 
at the Jazz Panel Skills Masterclass. That's 8 p.m. Central Time to discuss this podcast episode featuring Peter Friesen in greater detail and, of course, to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. As always, you can reach me by phone through the Dallas School of Music, my number here at the school, 972-380-8050, extension 211. You can also reach me by email, Dr. Lawrence, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com or by SpeakPipe, that nifty little widget found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website. Well, there's my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the pearls of wisdom shared by Peter Friesen. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.